0: playing cards known for having numbers famous for having faces sometimes nobody thinks much about them so let's have some fun let's find out why playing cards are secretly incredibly fascinating Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. My guests today are Jordan Cowling and Teresa Lee. Jordan Cowling is an amazing podcast guest and creator and producer. She's an associate producer of multiple great podcasts at the Maximum Fun Network, such as Fantai, which is a great show hosted by Travell Anderson and Jarrett Hill, exploring problematic faves and so much more. She's also an associate producer for The Flop House, which is a podcast about bad movies. And one of the hosts there is Elliot Kalin. I hope you've heard the Musk Oxen episode of this show. Elliot is a guest there. Along with Jordan, I'm also joined by Teresa Lee. She is a fantastic stand-up comedian. Her new album is called We're Still Doing This. It's out right now. You can hear it for free on stuff like Spotify. We'll also link ways you can get it directly from her and support her comedy and help her make chunks of great stuff like that. Teresa Lee is many other things, too. She's a podcaster with her show You Can Tell Me Anything. She's a former colleague of mine at the theformerworkplacecrack.com, and she's very kind to make time for guesting on this show right here. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Jordan and Teresa each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielina Wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about playing cards, as in the noun, the object. And thank you to listener Alexander Reichard for this suggestion. It won the runoff poll for April. It's one of two patron-chosen topics this month. You can join up at SifPod.fun if you want to contribute to that. Make choices. I'm going to say up top that I actually have thought about doing this topic before, and I hesitated because it's huge. So I did corral us a bit material-wise. We won't talk about magic and magicians, even though many of them use playing cards for tricks. Uh, We don't talk about, you know, totally unique decks for card games like Exploding Kittens. Uh, We also don't talk about card games like Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, where it's based on like purchasing and collecting rare cards. This episode is about like a playing card deck, you know, like 52 cards, four suits. It doesn't have to exactly be that, but that general style of playing cards is what we're talking about. And tarot cards will come up because they're in the history of that, but the focus is, you know, numbers, Jack, King, Queen, Ace, that kind of card. And I am so glad we got the push from you folks to do that topic, because it is an amazing launch pad into a bunch of history and lore and, and also just stories from us, the people on the show. So let's let you hear it. Please sit back. Or sit behind those weird sunglasses that all pro poker players have for some reason. I haven't haven't watched in a long time, but there was a guy one time with eyeballs on the lenses. Really didn't care for it. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Jordan Cowling and Teresa Lee. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Jordan Teresa, it's so good to have you. And of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. Either of you can start, but how do you feel about playing cards?
1: I can go. I love playing cards. I mean, as an adult, I yeah, was Teresa. not. Oh, hi, yeah, hi, I'm Teresa. But as an adult, <laughs> I don't use them as much. Like I'm not like a gambler, um, except for with like my emotions. But I. Um, <laughs> do, <laughs> I grew up like playing cards with my grandparents. It's sort of like the way that uh, my grandparents who were from Taiwan, like we didn't always speak the same language, and we would play games, and that was how we bonded. So I loved using playing cards. But when you said this was about playing cards, I immediately was like, can we talk about tarot? Because I am fully into tarot now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. My partner also has like gotten into it over the pandemic, but also... Yeah. In researching this there's so much tarot stuff I think it, there'll just be a future episode there it, it's related and it'll come up but it's a whole rabbit hole
1: yeah I won't I won't mention it too much but I'll just say I didn't
2: get into it it got into me okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm too afraid of playing or actually of a, of tarot cards like I, I purchased uh, Rachel True's tarot deck. Okay. And I've just had it set up and I I read like the forward and I pulled one card and I was like, "Oh, I'm too, this is this is terrifying." I don't know what, I don't even know what it means. I didn't look it up. It didn't say It's death, all intuitive.
1: But, yeah. Don't be scared. If you're scared, it means something inside you is scaring
2: you outside of the card. Oh, for sure, for sure, definitely. <laughs> I'm not ready to face that today or any day. But um, I my experience with playing cards is is really similar to yours uh, Teresa because I I played as a kid and I don't play as much now I don't think I've, I've used a deck of, of greeting cards in a while but I remember watching my abuelita play uh she used to play this uh Spanish I think it may be an Italian card game but she used to play this game called Brisca and I would just watch her play and uh as a' as like a a sad kid playing cards was like my my go-to game uh so i would play like war and i'd play uno and i'd like go to camp and play play cards because i uh i (laughs) i didn't have a lot of friends and you could play cards and you didn't have to be like super conversational (laughs) so that was my experience growing up playing cards
1: i felt like war was like a so cool one though like i I thought you were gonna say solitaire because i feel like war was one where it's like the cool kids were playing and then like nobody would teach you the rules if you didn't already know it. I, like, that's that was the vibe that I remember. Like, um, how do you play? And they're like, you don't know how to play war. <laughs> that's so
2: that's how I felt when I was a kid uh watching like the elder cousins play a game called spades and I never understood it uh-huh. and I still don't understand it, but it was like if you don't understand this game, you can't even be in our presence. You can't even be in this room. But you can't sit with you us. You can't sit with us. Uh, <laughs> but playing solitaire, it's funny. I've never played the actual card game like with a real life deck but I've played like computer solitaire a lot as a kid again because oh. I was a really sad kid and I realized <laughs> that I don't actually know how to play solitaire I just liked the <laughs> act of like clicking on things similar to like Minecraft but uh, yeah I, I, mm. I love solitaire but only on a, a computer <laughs> the computer
1: one's better because if you ever do, like it's happened like maybe once but if you ever do win all the cards go f- f- and fly everywhere and it doesn't in real life That doesn't happen. You just have to be like, "All right, time to clean up," and like like very (laughs) anticlimactic.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) At one point in the pandemic, I tried to find just a browser version of Microsoft Solitaire for fun because I have a Mac, so I don't have it. Uh And it was the game, except it didn't do the dancing cards at the end. And I, I got real mad. I was like, "Why did I spend this time? This was useless." Yeah.
1: (laughs) Someone should just make the uh, YouTube gif of that and then – I bet that would have millions of views. I mean, if it doesn't exist, that's my next money-making scheme. I (laughs) would definitely watch
2: that video and subscribe to your, your channel. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: just the end of all old school games, like ski free and solitaire, like, but like when you you won, just like replay like,
2: (laughs) yeah, I I'm a I'm an older millennial. I need constant validation (laughs) with no.
1: And I'm like, did I just date myself? I'm glad that I'm amongst my people.
0: (laughs) By this time next week, I hope we're all like, oh, Teresa just dropped a new Dancing Cards. Have you seen it? The new one's out. Ah. Like, every week, you know, on the channel. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, oh <laughs> I God. love it. And also, and thank you both for those stories of being kids playing, and, and I, especially, like, Jordan, your story of... Like, I, I relate to, the, to cards being a way to socialize with kids, uh, especially at camp. It was like, I was briefly in a group at church camp called the Card Sharks, which just meant we oh. played cards together in the cabin. But it was like, so cool. you know, it's a good way to meet people. I, and I hang love out. that for you. It was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did we gamble? No. But we played. It was great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's funny because I can remember as a kid one of the you know when you're a kid and you're like I want to be a doctor or I want to I wanted to be an inter- I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know what a doctor did. I wanted to be an interior decorator because I thought that that sounded like really like cool like I'm an interior decorator. Cool. And then another uh, occupation option that i had was that i wanted to work at a casino and be like a dealer because i didn't understand mm. i guess i didn't understand capitalism so i thought that like <laughs> if the table won that like i got to take that money and like this is a really lucrative <laughs> like business plan because the house always wins you're like i always win yeah I'm
1: like am i not the house <laughs> that's so funny I, the I, when i was my equivalent of that as a little girl was i wanted to be a video girl like in like shaking my butt in music videos because and i like in a very innocent way i, I know it. like as an adult now you're like how are we supposed to react to this but as a child <laughs> like i love to shake my butt like a little kid shaking their butt like you know like a little little kid oh, like yeah. it's so fun and i would just get jump on like the coffee table and shake my butt and then you know, there's an in-between when you don't really understand the context and you're watching music videos. And it's so innocent. And I was like, that is a job. I could just like shake my butt to music and get paid. Uh, apparently you still can, but, uh, it's a little different now as an adult. So I feel like I gave up on
2: that dream. Don't give up on that dream. You could still be a, a child butt shaker. A job butt shaker. Yeah. I need a time machine. Okay. No, no. <laughs>
0: I like that. I feel like as a little kid, you're just all energy too. So it's like I can shake my butt forever. Like if I could get paid for that, amazing. I'll never run out of energy.
2: Yeah, I love that. As a kid, I I was just uh, I was like a tomboy, but also very introverted. So I would have a a new crush on a boy like every every other week, every ten days, Mm -hmm. and I would like do Mm -hmm. stunts on my bike and like ride by their house and like Mm. be sweating. Oh my god! Look how fast I could run, and then I I had concept of the fact that like that's not attractive like i'm like pulling sweat everywhere <laughs> I'm like look how fast I, I would have had a crush on you i, I <laughs> love
1: i loved i love the skater and bikers i'm like that's a way to my heart just <laughs> do something dangerous <laughs> yeah alex what's your what i mean you know this is your pod but we're so curious what's your relationship with cards
0: yeah, I think I think it was like was one of the ways, along with sports, where you could just hang out with other fellas without constantly convert. Like there was a game element to justify you sitting together. It it it, uh, it made it simpler. It all and also I the other one is that in middle school again there's a very cool story. Another one, uh, I was in bridge club for a <laughs> bit, and so I learned bridge and and the person running it i was like do they love bridge or are they do they just love all old-fashioned stuff i wonder and then it turned out the the like culmination of bridge club was a night event where we all played bridge mm. and we were supposed to square dance and i was like oh okay this is an old-fashioned person oh my okay, god okay great
2: now in bridge club is there like a is there like a hierarchy are there like you know the jock bridge clubs <laughs> and you know members is there like you know Spill the details, please.
0: Right, like oh, he's a bad boy. Trumps his spades. Wow, like, yeah, It's just all these wow. tears of coolness. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know
1: nothing about bridge. I'm, I have to confess that it, I don't Most know any don't. of the rules.
0: Yeah, it's, but a, it's such a
1: like commonly referenced thing in sitcoms. I feel like. I grew up watching sitcoms that reference bridge and I never bothered to understand it
2: I feel like it's something that you play like on the lanai with Rose and, and Dorothy like okay. if you get to a certain age like you should probably get a book on it or learn to watch a couple uh-huh. of YouTubes because you're going to spend a lot of time drinking yeah. a Arnold Palmer's and playing bridge if you're lucky did you
1: guys ever play um, B- well like we thought it was cool to call it actually bullshit but I guess just, it's BS, right? That's the actual name.
0: Church Camp, it was BS, yeah.
1: (laughs) That was like a hot game for a while, and it was like, also I feel like, we thought it was really cool to say the bleep part as like 10-year-olds, and that game was like so popular. Do you guys remember that? Like, was that, did you guys like that too, or was that just like a Bay Area thing?
2: I do remember playing um, Bull Bleep as a kid. Me too. And having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, because it's so risque to say.
1: Yeah, and it's a simple one to um, get a lot of people involved. So it's a fun party one for kids, and like explain to people. Like newcomers can come in, you'll be like, watch around, and then
2: they get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally, it was,
0: it was the opposite of Bridge Club in so many ways. It was, <laughs> it was fun. It was youthful. You could understand it. Yeah, it was. It was good.
2: <laughs> Bridge Club is so exclusive, guys. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's a lot of politics behind it. <laughs> I didn't right. realize
1: I'd have so much to talk about cards and, and really already That's I'm exciting. like having to be like, okay, hold it in, hold it in because, yeah, when you said cards, I was like, okay and now I'm like, memory is flooding back, like cards everywhere yeah. it's like the, you know, the scene in Alice in Wonderland at the end just like
0: <laughs> <sighs> right, but they're doing the Microsoft jumping like they're going, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Exactly. in my head, I'm like, oh, oh what, this game, that game, slapjack, what blackjack
2: <gasps> I love it I unlocked a memory from my early, my early 20s when I was like still going through like my jerk phase of like an infatuation <laughs> with playing 52 pickup because I never did it as a kid. so I like, uh-huh. I was like living my, my teenage years as a like 23 year-old and I, I always thought that that I don't know why I thought that was so funny to play 52 pickup. That's such a jerk <laughs> move. That's such a, a horrible thing to do to someone. yeah so I
1: don't know why? I don't know what that is, but based on the name, can I guess? oh is it where yeah. you just knock all the cards on the floor and make someone pick it up
0: yeah that's right yeah that's how yeah. i played it okay.
2: yeah no one ever picked the cards up i was always <laughs> the one like well i'm not going to just leave this mess here so i would, it would really be a game against myself which is so just like a, a,
1: a <laughs> cool thing where you're like do you want to play 52 and then you do it and they go or is it like people know it
2: i would i would go in under the guise that we were going to play another game and then it, we're actually playing 52 pickups and then i would do like some kind of a trick. <laughs> no, the the cards would be on the floor and then the person would be like I'm not picking that. up. Oh my <laughs> and like, well, well, I do it cuz this is my house. So really the trick was on me.
0: <laughs> it feels like a real older sibling move and then hopefully you can yeah. make your younger siblings do it or your hey. parents are like just clean up and everybody has to do it. But yeah. I'm yeah. an oh, older
2: yeah. sibling. And... I'm an older sibling too.
0: Oh, are we okay, all? well then I guess there it we go. Yeah, it's definitely
2: older sister, younger brother energy. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I I love these. And I I think from here we can get into the first chunk of info in the show. Because on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. And this week that is in a segment called... On the podcast, the secretly interesting podcast, we have some stats tonight. And uh, that name was submitted Ooh. by Luke Sowers. Thank you, Luke. We have a new name every week. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. Submit to Sifpod on Twitter or Sifpod at gmail dot com. And that we was kinda... great. I loved oh, it. Thank I loved
1: it. You. Beautiful angelic voice. <laughs>
0: the, well, the the first number was going to be fifty two for the number of like suited cards in a standard deck, but we've covered that with the the game from being an older sibling of of fifty two pickup, mm-hmm. where that's the surprise. Uh, but that's in a, like a standard But that doesn't suit,
1: count yeah. the jokers, right?
0: And that doesn't count the jokers. Yeah, there's usually two jokers. There's usually like that informational card maybe from the manufacturer. So there's a few extra. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. I feel like that's such a waste of whatever paper it, it you know to produce that that in informational card you just kind of keep that in the box yeah. you never use it and also the jokers do we use the jokers i don't remember what game do we use a joker for
1: well certain games it's like a really good card certain games is a really bad one but it is funny that it's just not included because it's like it's always there like yeah. there aren't decks that don't come with it right
2: yeah there are definitely decks that don't come with it and i don't recall uh, ever you i know when my when played Prisca, i don't think you use the 8, the 9, or the Joker, but I can't recall a game that you ever mm. really need the Joker.
1: I, isn't it in BS that you can use it to sub any card? Like, it's kind of like a trump card. Ugh, I, let's get rid of the word trump card.
0: Yeah, big time. He yeah, really I'm it. on board with that.
1: I, we need a new one. <laughs> it's weird because it's like the word trump came before the person trump, but now I feel like yeah, I cannot use that word. Um, but I think that it, it's it used to joker is like that in some games i guess alex would know more than me i have no idea i didn't do the research
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do at toward the end of the show we'll actually stumble on where jokers came from but oh, okay, okay. i i great okay. i and i also ran into that feeling of like can we call it a biden card or like can someone else take that over i know it predates him but please <laughs> that would just feel better yeah
1: I guess it's, like, I would take away, because then I'm, like, when you said Biden, I'm, like, it's still, like, charged in a way. I would, like, give it a super random, like, I'm almost mm. thinking, like, you know on Tinder there's, like, super likes. Can we just be, like, it's my super like card or something that, like, to the degree right. of, like, it's a power, a turbo, a turbo card. Turbo, car. oh, turbo, turbo card. Oh, a turbo card. There I it like is. That's a turbo. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay that's the one Teresa. we solved it that is the one call
1: websters <laughs> i'm sorry for derailing this alex
0: <laughs> please continue. oh no no that i i had that exact thought researching i was like oh no that <laughs> word get we need it back uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> why did he do that <laughs> well next number here uh this is the number 218,792 so uh-huh. uh well over 200,000 that's the number of playing cards in the biggest house of cards ever constructed. <gasps> what? Uh, and I, I no say there's a picture of the the person with it, but this was oh uh, this is the Guinness Book of World Records. They say that Brian Berg, who oh is a self-described God. card stacker, he owns cardstacker.com if you want to find him.
2: I am going to that right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this picture and I'm just trying to wrap my my brain around like how one <laughs> wow. gets into the world of like competitive Card stacking, or like card stacking, you know, for to get in, you know some kind of record book. Uh, how do you even get into that life? This is it. Like, good. is it like you start in the bridge club, and then it's like a gateway drug into like? Ah.
1: I think it starts by your parents don't love you enough, and then... no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure his parents loved him very much, and he just enough that he wanted to love more things. Your parents love yeah. you just enough. <laughs> <laughs> This is wild. Like, I this website is very professional. Like, when you say cardstacker.com, I imagine it's like sometimes people like have a specialty, but they don't spend much on their branding. That it would just be uh-huh. like Comic Sans and be like, okay, but he's good at his thing. We'll call him. It's a good website. It looks really nice. It's like,
2: oh no! By day, I'm a web developer, and by night, I am a
0: <laughs> a card stacker. Yeah,
2: sexy yeah, card it's stacker. It's like good.
0: And his record setting one in wow. twenty ten. He, and I assume he was hired by the casinos to do this, but he built a massive re- replica of a set of three casinos in Macau, in China. And it's more than 34 feet long, 11 feet wide, and nine feet tall. For Metric Friends, that's over 10 meters long, three and a half meters wide, almost three meters tall. And it's just at a giant total house of cards of these three casinos. Oh my God. And nothing is glued, nothing is taped. He says that his favorite part is knocking it down at the end to prove it. It's just cards piled onto each other. I
2: love that. Nothing is taped, nothing is glued? Yeah, it's just
0: all balanced. Is that
2: true for all of these? Yeah,
0: that's all he does.
2: That's wonderful. There's so much, There. I mean, if I could get... Uh, serious for a, a second and I won't but I think there's such like <laughs> a, le- a lesson about life in that because if I I mean I don't have the temperament or the patience to like build like a sandcastle or a house of cards or anything like that that takes like you know kind of dexterity and, and patience uh, but if I built a house of cards I would use glue because I would want that to like stand the test mm. of time I would want future generations <laughs> to be like this Jordan, she built this. This is this is wonderful. But I think that it's so beautiful that he builds these, these houses of cards and then he just watches them beautifully destroy. Like, that's how life is when you think about it, which, you know, I guess we should.
1: Would it still be technically a house of cards if it was glued? Because I feel like, you know, <laughs> even in the saying, house of cards, kind of implies that, like, it's flimsy and will fall over. Yeah. So, like, it makes me wonder, like, what does it mean? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Would it be a cross of cards if it was It almost can't be, right?
0: I I think you're right. I think it's like implied in the requirement. Because otherwise somebody would just staple together like more cards than this. And they're like, now I did it.
1: It's like sand sculptures on the beach. You know, they always look so cool. But if you're like building it with a rock, then it's like, this does not count. It's like, it's only cool (laughs) because it's a sand sculpture. If you're creating a mermaid out of a rock, it's like, okay, well, now you're just making a sculpture. (laughs)
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I was a kid and I would solve the Rubik's cube and I would bring it to my father and he'd be like, "Clearly, you just removed the stickers and put them in the right place." Oh. <laughs> Technically, oh you did God. it, but this is still this is this is very much cheating. Um, but I love that for I love that for him. I think that that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> Next number here is the year 1685. I'm talking about 1685, that is the first year when French Canada printed paper money made of playing cards Hmm. Uh, there was a time in like colonial french canada when uh, according to the guardian the governor of quebec owed money for some debts from the government new currency had not come in yet so they issued temporary money in the form of ious printed on the backs of old playing cards and that might technically be the first like original paper currency printed in canada and in north america so because all the money before that was from colonies or people already living here.
2: That's so cool. Uh-huh. Cards, you come a long way, baby. Um, I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just yeah.
2: thinking of like if you play if you play a game of like poker with pl- with cards that are also currency, like if you win, do you win like double money or is oh. that is that not <laughs> is that math not checkout? out?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: it's so stupid. I really wanted to make that joke, but it's really dumb. <laughs>
0: It does. It does turn really chicken and egg with your poker game if the cards are themselves money. <laughs> then it's like, who's winning or losing? I don't know. I got You're dealt good money. Card, I'm gonna leave. And, yeah. Well, the, I
1: mean, <laughs> that's probably another episode that I shouldn't even open up the door for. But like, money's not real if you think about it. Like, it's, we just oh, decide yeah. a thing represents another thing.
2: So. That's what I keep saying about my student loans, and they're like, no, they're yeah. quite, they're quite real. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Money isn't real. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, it's no less weird for it to be scribbled on old playing cards by a French governor. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's still all made up. It's not <laughs> It's not yeah. any different.
2: It's like when someone says, uh, oh, this word is made up. It's not a real word. It's like all words are made up. <laughs> like, yes, that's a good point. It's only yeah. value what you, what you give it.
0: <laughs> From here, those are the numbers we can get into. There's three big takeaways for the episode. Mm-hmm. And let's get into takeaway number one the history of playing cards moved east to west. Oh. Mm. Uh, Saying that because we don't know exactly who first invented them or where, but historians seem to agree that the first playing cards were in Asia, probably East Asia, and then sort of moved west across the world, uh, including to the Mm. Americas.
1: Were they playing cards? Because I know like there's like uh, Mahjong was a big thing, which isn't playing cards but in that realm. Like, were they evolving from different yeah. forms or are we talking like literally like this 52 sort of deck was coming from Asia, which I'm, I have no idea. I'm curious because I know the numbers, um, are different in, uh, what, what do you call it in a uh, Chinese? Like it's written different. So that that's fascinating oh, to me yeah. that playing cards existed, even though like the number system is different.
0: They, they, that's the, Perfect question. Yeah. From what I'm reading, it seems like there were a form of playing cards in Asia mm. first. And then also there were those tile games in parallel. Mm. And then from there, especially as it moved through Arabia and then into Europe, we started to get what ultimately became these like 52 cards we're used to.
2: Gotcha. That's really interesting. I thought mm. playing cards, I mean, I I, did no research for the show because I'm a, I, I'm a professional. But I, oh yeah, yeah, perfect. I yeah. thought that uh, I thought that they originated <laughs> in 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 France. So I don't know why I would would think that France didn't culturally appropriate and colonize. Ah. But
0: <laughs> that's so interesting. <laughs> that is because the the suits that we think of actually came from France. Yeah, the, that was where we got the suits. We got a couple sources here in particular, an Atlas Obscura article by Dan Nozowitz, and then also The Guardian and The Atlantic. But uh, as far as what the first ever playing cards were, there's a really early like, debatable candidate, which is that in Tang Dynasty China, they had a game called The Game of Leaves that was around in the 800s A.D., also, China was one of the first countries to use block printing, and so that's part of why we think maybe that was one of the first card games. However, Atlas Obscurus says that there's also some recent scholarship that says that that might have been a dice game, and then the printed mm-hmm. material was instructions. So we're not actually sure if it was a card game or not, but that's one like early candidate. What we are sure of is that According to a couple different historians, the earliest cards they started in Asia, moved their way through Arabia, ended up in Europe, and then spread elsewhere from there. The origin is probably either China or Persia or India, which I know is a lot of places. But uh, the the general idea is that it's from that zone of the world.
1: It's interesting because a lot of I feel like those more old, traditional games tend to have some sort of root, like even like in chess and stuff, like a root in. Like war strategy, like I'll albeit with a very yeah. very diluted, like accessible for children, you know <laughs> all the killing part taken out of it. But I'm curious because it seems like based on everything we've talked about so far, cards have always been for entertainment. So I'm curious if there was like a re like you know if there was like a propaganda behind it to get people on board for like war, or it was just that uh-huh. it was so in the zeitgeist, like. Cause the sweets, even you know, there's like the hierarchy. So, and it doesn't seem like there was yeah. ever a practical use besides fun, which is fine. But I'm curious, like, why that that it's so connected to right. this hierarchy of uh, how would you call it not, not royals, but of like rank.
0: That's true. And like There's a lot war, of like,
1: military, you know. It's so
2: funny like because in, of royalty and stuff. in Briska the suite the suits are um, uh, so like in traditional uh, deck of cards you have like you have the military or you have like the merchant um, mm-hmm. and then in Briska like the Spanish because when you play that game you actually play with a Spanish deck and like the the suits are different and everything is different and some. And some things cool. are the same, but like even uh, in our more traditional uh, retelling of the of the game, it's like coins, swords, the baton, mm. the cup. I think represents the church, so it's like uh, I don't know. Maybe wait, it's... say that again. Yeah, because those are tarot suites.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was very. Wait a exciting. minute, cups. have we have we cracked
1: it? <laughs> cups, coins? Is that what you said? Cups yeah. and coins. Yeah. Okay, and the other ones would be um, wands and uh, swords.
2: Yeah, or, or we would say uh, batons, but I'm I'm also wondering if uh, it's the the church and the state, and then for uh, sure. the Latinx community, like the uh, us taking kind of like the Yoruba traditions and our, our our deities and like adding them to the saints and like translating that into the card game form. Interesting. Yeah, maybe this is secretly yeah, it, um... incredibly. Fascinating. <laughs> so now we've got Catholicism <laughs> in
0: the mix. Yeah. She said the title. She ah! said the title. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta look at the camera and say it. no.
0: And that's that's really exciting, Jordan, that you played with. Because uh, one thing we'll get into a little later is that the suits are still different in uh, the the standard cards of some European countries, and it's partly related mm. to tarot. And so, so like you played with a Spanish deck growing up, at least for those games.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. Wow.
0: As far as the spread of the cards goes, another thing we have solid is the first written record of playing cards, which is in China and was in 1294, because it's a police record of gamblers being arrested and having their cards <laughs> taken away. But, uh, but uh. from there, they spread through Arabia. And then in Europe in the late 1300s, there's records of what they call Saracens games, which are probably card mm. games. And they, they, Saracens was old, an old-timey term for Muslim people in the Middle East. So they were saying, oh, you know, Muslim games, as in cards. And then from there, either through Spain or Italy, cards go into Europe. And then we get playing cards and tarot cards developing at the same time. So those tarot suits of the wands and swords and mm. cups and coins Uh, or pentacles, I think it is, not coins, but that that matches a lot of older European deck styles like the Spanish style. Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back.
1: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
0: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
1: Then what's bothering you?
0: Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So, I had my kids do it.
2: Saying swear words.
0: Saying swear words.
2: Yeah, um... Bad jokes.
0: Bad jokes?
2: Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them, and then you just stay there like like
0: really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. A comedy show for grown-ups. Oh. It it all fits together. I th- I think we can go straight into takeaway number 2 of the show. Here we go <gasps> into takeaway yeah. number 2. The standard four playing card suits are only about 100 years old, and they're not used everywhere. Mm. I think I, I think i grown up just assumed that the cards I had were everybody's cards. And they're very common, but that's not the, uh, the standard thing, as we've talked about. And we we talked a little bit about, before, about them being French. They're called the French suits. Uh, they were popular in France, and then crucially also Britain got into them, so both those countries Mm. were spreading them all over the world and all over their empires eventually. Um, But the French suits look the way they look, mostly because they're easy to print. They're super simple shapes. It's much easier than some of the other suits going on. So, so that's why they're kind of stripped down like that.
2: Last year for the uh, Maximum Fun drive, uh, shout out to Maximum Fun, uh, mm-hmm. we printed, so for our members, uh, I forget what tier it was, but we printed out a, a deck of custom greeting cards, custom Max Fun cards. And I'm just looking at, I think we actually stuck to the traditional hearts. Yeah, these are all the traditional. I think we only got creative on the Joker and uh, on the uh, the other side of the card, but I'm always like fascinated oh. by people who get like custom decks of cards. Like I guess when mm. you're a kid and the first time you see like the nudie deck, it's pretty interesting. Oh, I've uh, never hmm. seen
1: that. Was it just naked people on a
2: deck? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just (laughs) naked people on a deck. Um, But it's it's like you know, like playing bull bleep. It's like risque to see like oh this naked there's a naked dude or a naked lady on this deck of cards. Um, I had a a pair uh, or I had a deck of um, hip hop printed cards done up a couple of weeks ago. So like I think it's I think it's interesting how creative we can get. I'm like surprised that that's not like a a larger industry because I think that that Mm. like you said Alex. This has been around for a hundred years, but it's like pretty pretty much the same. I think we could get even more creative with it. Yeah, Etsy, do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> do your thing, Etsy.
0: I I want to say I had Star Trek cards where it was like uniform colors <laughs> instead of suits. It's you know it's the same idea. Yeah, you can just do that. There's no no limit on it.
1: I used to get them from air because uh, what I like I think the international airlines, especially the Chinese ones, would do it a lot. And every couple of years, I'd go visit my grandparents in Taiwan. So I had like a whole drawstring bag of like China Airline, Eva Air, like all the plane oh. cards you would get wow. back when cool. you know flying was supposed like they were still kind of making it feel like uh, that it was supposed to be fun to actually be on the plane. And you yeah, know sure. now it's just like you got to pay for everything. Get on, get off. Uh, <laughs> but there was a time when it was like you pack stuff to do on the plane, like. <laughs>
2: Remember that? <laughs> no, I just scroll through my photo
0: gallery. <sighs> yeah, the plane was like, "It's exciting, you're here."
1: Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, just sleep and wake up and hope you made it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, with the with the suits of cards, so we have uh, what became the French suits, because in the 1400s, that's the first European mass production of playing cards, mostly done in France, and and they print these uh, hearts, diamonds, clubs, spades that they find easy to do, but Even into the present day, there were some other suits in other countries in Europe that they've just kind of kept locally. And with that Spanish deck, you can get swords, clubs, cups, and coins. Uh, The Italian one is swords, batons, cups, and coins. And Mm -hmm. both those are very similar to tarot. The Swiss deck, if you get one, is acorns, escutcheons, which look like shields, and then flowers and bells. And a German Ah. deck is acorns, leaves, hearts, and bells. Because that was just what they picked Whoa. in their country. But they didn't build the British or French empires so much. And so it didn't spread so much.
2: Interesting. That's so uh, interesting.
0: Obviously, Spain had an empire and stuff. But, uh, but the way <laughs> things shook out over time is that we ended up centralizing mostly to this one set of suits. But that's relatively recent in history. And, and even today, you can go to those parts of Europe and play with other suits.
1: What would be your suits if you created one?
0: I feel like mine would just
2: be a series of, of like well worn emojis or like
1: Ooh. gifs or
2: something like that. Yeah, I,
1: love I would that, want actually. ice cream in there somewhere. Like just an ice cream. Ice cream suite. Is the beginning. There's enough to fill out a whole. You know what I mean? Like you got ice cream bars, <laughs> you got ice cream. Dips keep going! I love it. What? Ice cream with chocolate, whatever. <laughs> ice cream chocolate, okay. <sighs>
0: This uh this vibe we're talking about, and like Etsy before, there's also a thing where, especially in medieval Europe where it's massive wealth inequality, you have rich people mm. like like commissioning decks for themselves. And we'll have pictures linked of what is the oldest complete deck of fifty-two cards in the world, because it was a rich guy's deck. It was made around fourteen seventy-five AD. Uh, it's called the Cloisters Deck because they keep it at a museum called the Cloisters in Manhattan, in New York. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was good. made for somebody who loves hunting, and so it's all falconry stuff. Mm. The suits are hunting horns, dog collars, hound tethers, and little nooses for your <laughs> falcon. Those are yeah, going to say are the this noose
1: thing looks creepy. I was like, what is this? Like a what? Like, it's uh, I couldn't a it's a what game
0: noose. It's called yeah. Okay. So it's 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 for hunting animals. It's it's bad, but I guess not for people, yeah.
1: It kinda looks like the things that they uh, when you go to the, your OB that they make you um sit in to do your checkup.
0: Oh <laughs> the stirrups? <laughs> I guess I think Alex I know about will that. not relate. Yeah, yeah, the stirrups. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's clinical (laughs) i was like what's it doing on these cards though like
2: there's like a custom gynecological deck
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, oh my
2: god
0: (laughs) i mean because also every kind of cards we could joke about it probably exists somewhere like like even today people are just customizing these every way they can yeah
2: yeah even when when you were mentioning that alex i was searching on etsy uh, the different kinds of decks that i could get (laughs) Yeah, oh my totally. god,
1: give us a top highlight. What did you find?
2: So there's, of course, the there's like a... I don't know why this exists, but there's like... The custom ones that you can make of, like, your family. You know, the, the one where, like, the family oh. photo. There's ones you can oh. make for your dog. I love it. There's ones that you can make oh, for your cool. cat. I love that even more. Oh. Um, <laughs> this one seems to be, like, funeral-themed, like, funeral home-themed. Oh I don't gosh. know why that's needed, oh. but somebody
1: out there. Like a favorite... To take a home after a memorial? That seems... Oh, no. I didn't even think oh, of that. Right. <laughs> Strange.
2: <laughs> Party favors for...
1: I guess it's like, it's like you know, people always say, like, when I die, I want you to have fun. But then, like, in reality, it's like, that's very <laughs> awkward for the people who are alive. Like, I understand why you want people... You want to think that you're leaving behind fun, but, like, let us mourn If we're going to walk away with the playing card... We're going to feel weird about it, okay? Yeah, hey. yeah. when I die, play
2: 52 Pickup right over my, right uh, over my ha, open casket.
1: Like, <laughs> when I die, you're allowed to cry as loud as you want. You know, never stop crying. Cry for months, <laughs> years.
2: It's fine. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh I like that. Anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I warned you. I'm it's so great. sorry.
0: Well, there's also, with, the, <laughs> with like, the suits of cards, the, this last thing here, I had no idea uh-huh. about till re- researching, but... There was like one last push to change what the suits are in that standard French suited deck. And it was to add a fifth suit. So they tried in the late 1930s, most of the big U.S. playing card companies, including the U.S. playing card company that does bicycle and a lot of the big ones. Mm -hmm. In the late 1930s, they rolled out a deck with a fifth suit. So there was a suit of eagles. Uh, which were printed green. They were not red or black. And it was a 65 card deck. You got five entire suits in it. And they were initially wow. a hit. People were like, I'm going to do all kinds of games with this. Here we go. Oh,
1: cool. Did it come with games that you could play? Or were they were like very Microsoft about it, be like, you decide what to do with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it could be cool, but it's also super like, you know, breaking the tradition to be like, what are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just yeah. a suit of cards.
2: <laughs> I feel like there's so many opportunities for like. So when I play one card game that I do still play is like Uno, and a couple of years ago it came out that like the way everyone has been playing Uno is <gasps> yes. like incorrect, and Uno oh, itself what? was like, no, you guys are playing Uno wrong, and we were like, shut up, Uno, yeah. <laughs> Uno was wrong. Yeah, Uno yeah. is wrong. I feel like consensus. <laughs>
1: agreed that uno was stupid yeah
2: but i'm just like imagining like when this changeover happened like people playing like how wait how many like d- the dealer you know dealing the cards and you're like wait i have too many cards in my hand like no we're playing how many cards was it 65 playing with a deck of 65 cards and you're like no i don't i play the traditional way like, i just want to yeah. like be a fly on the wall and like see all those fights that probably broke out i'm sure it happened
1: uh, was the eagle like a patriotic reference
0: it was, and then also, like, the British companies that did okay. this made it a crown, and they did it blue, so there was also a blue oh, crown wow. suit going oh. on in the UK, because they're monarchical, yeah, <laughs> no joke. <laughs>
2: uh, sponsored by Netflix, The Crown. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, playing cards have a lot of, like, just propaganda behind them, like, whatever's going on in the in that century, they're just like, this is what you value in, in you know, game form. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we actually, well, we won't really get into it, but in the French Revolution, they experimented with different face cards. That was a thing. Like, without it, heads
1: on them, it would be a three-headed card. <laughs> right?
2: That's, a, that's, that's a, a deck I want on Etsy right now. I'm sure it exists. I'm sure it exists.
1: It comes with a little, like, be a paper cutter that looks like a guillotine. <laughs> nope.
2: Yeah, so you can, like, custom die-cut your own cards <laughs> and you just, like, chop <laughs> the head off of each. <laughs>
0: And then when you're playing, it's like, I fold. Your cards are really short. I I don't like it. Uh, You got a lot of short (laughs) cards about.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Let's not be mean to short people. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) No, Okay. Okay. I know. No, it's uh, actually that's I feel like that's like a me thing because I used to make like you know as a comedian it's an easy punchline and then i realized i was like this is also body shaming but it's different because as like a like as a girl out there we're just so used to like just like overcompensating for guys making fun of us and then (laughs) i thought about it and i was like there's no reason for me to make fun of short people uh but napoleon specifically we can because you know if you're gonna conquer and kill then it's okay but short guys you're fine (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's so funny because I'm I'm pretty short and I always forget that I'm short until I'm around someone who's like five six or above and I'm like oh I am your literal child (laughs) I'm I'm like five two and I'm just like I assumed I was I I was five I assumed I was you know model-esque statue but no I'm just a little I'm a little baby
1: (laughs) I feel like guys get more self-conscious about it but I will say as a as a woman as an Asian woman who is considered tall when I go to Taiwan I've on the opposite way like it's i like how i am so this isn't an insecure thing but like in taiwan people be like whoa you're so big like in a way that doesn't make me feel good uh and oh. i'm like i like how i am but stop saying that and yeah. <laughs> and uh so for a long time i would feel like self-conscious about how tall i was and so i think i never felt guilty making fun of short people because i'm like it seems like you guys also have a good but then i realized like oh it's all perspective some so but yeah I'm yeah. i'm a tall person who was insecure about being tall so it, any, truly you can find things to be insecure about no matter what you
2: are yeah, yeah. I'm, seeing, I'm sensing like a buddy cop movie team up for us I know shorts that's, and tall.
0: my goal is always to have both guests form a buddy cop team at the end of the yeah. show I'm glad we got here this is good
2: uh, <laughs> also, also all cops are better
0: <laughs> oh yeah buddy firefighters that's better great
2: Fire, uh, <laughs> Buddy firefighters. we need more of those yeah. movies yeah that would be yeah. fun exactly
1: <laughs>
0: And last thing with the the fifth suit here is they the playing card companies rolled it out for bridge again very old time game now but mm. they thought people would love it they also gave out instructions for how poker works if there are five suits like where five of a kind goes in the order of hands <sighs> uh-huh. and and how you play uh, but it, did
1: any casinos use this.
0: No, it went and it went totally out of print within like it started late 30s and it was done by the mid 40s because people basically said, uh, according to Life magazine, Uh the brain cells of an average bridge fan are sorely taxed by the strain of 52 cards and four suits to players with Uh terrible memories. The five suit game offers a challenge to others, a high hurdle. Uh, Basically, it was like more confusion for no more fun. And so it went out of fashion.
2: Uh huh. I love that. I'm just thinking of like my late Abuelita. Like, you know what, Mina? I I gotta, I got an I got a, I got a oh. lot of cards already. I got enough cards that I need. Right. anymore.
0: <laughs> You're yeah. doing
2: good with 52.
0: It's even. It just feels strange to talk about. Like, oh, I I drew the Queen of Eagles, or what? Like, it doesn't uh-huh. doesn't sound like a card. I, I'm not into it.
2: <laughs> it has yeah. bad mouthfeel. I don't like it. Yeah.
0: Landa, <laughs> well, uh, and we have one more takeaway here about one more kind of card. Takeaway number three. <phone rings> The United States's contribution to the world's playing card deck is the jokers. As we said earlier yeah. on, the, uh, this is uh, something they they came up with in the U.S. It's also kind of the main thing. It's it's what we added to uh, uh, how people play. Mm,
1: that checks out. Yeah, we're like, let's put something in here that feels important, but really, like, you don't need it at
2: all. But we're gonna make <laughs> everyone
1: think this is special.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So precious. I'm now. I'm looking on Etsy to see if there's any like deck of like with no jokers. Well, no, all jokers, but they're all Trump. They're just all oh. like like oops, just berries, but like oops, what? just Trump.
1: <laughs> I do like the Joker card. I don't like the Joker movie but i like i'm like now there's too many things out here references wise that i'm like i gotta clarify but i've always liked the joker card i think it to me it was like this feeling of i don't know being like a little different and an outcast and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad and it's like i relate you don't know what your place is and it doesn't matter you find it but uh but now that i know that america jammed it in there I don't know how I feel. Well, I guess I've been jammed into America in some sense. I was an anchor baby, so.
2: <laughs> yeah. And America's been jammed into me, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm legal, okay, guys? I, please don't come for me. I am legally born here. My parents are citizens. But when I was born, I was an anchor baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, look, we're all a Joker in our own way, you know. It's all good. <laughs> uh, and
2: <laughs>
0: when the story with with how they showed up is, this is an 1860s thing, so it is before the comic books and stuff. Mm. According to a few sources here, Joker's originated as a special card for one game. It's a game called euchre, which is spelled E U C H R E. I don't know if either of you have played yeah. euchre before. It's 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 sort of an oh. old fashioned game.
2: No. I've never even heard of it. How do you play? What do you win? What do you win? I,
0: this is this is going to be a frustrating explanation, but it, the short version is it's like simplified bridge. Uh, oh I, know that, I know that doesn't help, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it's a game where it's a game where you like take tricks, so sort of like hearts maybe uh-huh. or something. But it, it's really only played in the British Commonwealth and the U.S. And it's not popular now, but in the 1800s, it was the most popular U.S. card game.
2: Wow. wow. And
0: the rules involve, like, one card becoming the most powerful trump card and another oh. card being the second most powerful trump card. Huh. And so you need two, like, special cards that are extra powerful. Oh, okay. And in the 1860s, uh, the first guy was a card maker named Samuel Hart. But they figured out, hey, if we sell our decks with, like, two special cards that can be your special euchre super cards, Mm. uh, that'll be a hook. That'll help us uh, sell some cards, move some inventory.
1: That's very capitalist to be like, how can we, like, people are already buying these cards. How can we, like, increase the income? It's like, well, let's add another card. Yeah, it's like, every card's (laughs) going to cost a little bit more because... We have two more cards. Yeah, right. <laughs> and also, then you'll have to get like, it's like upgrade. It's like, do you get the new deck? No, I already have one, but the, yours doesn't have the Joker cards. Ugh,
2: fine. It's like Pokemon cards. You Doug, you, you have to like mm-hmm. keep expanding, getting new packs. It's a whole oh, racket. Wow. They were like the Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah, just watch 18,
1: Apple. Whatever. Yeah. And the next iPhone's gonna come out with a Joker card. It's gonna be like, get this. The new feature it comes with two Joker cards. Yeah.
0: Right, the Joker's are like the new the new cord for the new phone, or like New yeah, yeah, and New yeah. Two or something. <laughs> like it's just all all tack on stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh my god! Like, you're still on that Joker Eleven? Oh my god! <laughs> you must be poor.
1: Oh my gosh! That's so funny.
0: Yeah. When <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then they made him from there. Also, the the name probably originates in the German name for Euchre which is Mm. pronounced about the same, but it's spelled J-U-K-E-R, which is almost J-O-K-E-R. And then from there, it was also maybe influenced in terms of design and style by Tarot, because there's the Fool card in Tarot that is so important uh, and is a major arcana. Uh, It it looks like a a Joker. It looks like that.
1: Fool card's a great card cuz it's the it's the beginning It's the well I think uh, not to get too into tarot but it's also the way you interpret how they interact with each other on a spread but the fool yeah. to me especially when you're like a creative person trying to like figure out what to do next or if you should start a project it's like fool because you don't know anything yet but it's usually very exciting it's like the start of a journey and you're going to learn a lot and that's how I like to interpret it i think maybe that's why i like the joker so much it's not about being a fool it's about being a fool now because you know you're about to like be
2: a queen you know
0: oh yeah i love
2: that that's so awesome that and that reminds me (laughs) i so the reason that i growing up didn't give a lot of value to the joker card is because i think that we would like remix the the game rules and i think for Mm. a lot of those card games where like jokers are wild that we would actually make the the two wild and we would just place the the joker face down but i love that because two like that's that's just one more than one. That doesn't have a lot of value. But like in yeah. card games, the two, you know, is like the two of hearts yeah. is like this wild card that like contains so much value and wins the whole game. So I kind of like that lesson oh, that's for life. fun. I love how tarot is just like inspiring everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because tarot yeah. does have an order, but it's not uh the way you would think. It's not like one is better than the other. And mm-hmm. it does matter where they intersect. And it's like death isn't last. Like, like actually the world, I think, is one of the last ones and it's like you would think like it makes sense to me because it's like you finally achieve fulfillment and understanding of who you are as a person how you interact with the world and then you're like i give up myself to be a part of this big thing which most people don't get to i don't know if i'll ever get to that but like yeah like Like, death comes way before that you know
0: (laughs) and i really like the joker especially having that tarot element and having this it's an interesting evolution where it had a super specific purpose. Like it was for, oh, you probably want cards for Euchre. Here's Euchre specific cards. There you go. <laughs> and then now because of the style of it and the lack of Euchre being a thing, it's become anything, right? Like It's what, like playing mm-hmm. cards are one of the very few games where you receive a couple items in the box that are like, I don't know, what do you want to do with it, man? Like figure it out. It's, yeah. it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a really like nice element of the cards. Like a, a risk box doesn't come with like, just some weird pieces that you try to figure out. Or like loose continents or something. It's it's all very laid out. It's very specific and and playing cards too. It's okay. nice.
1: You know what, Alex? That's you just blew my mind because like life is like that. We think we're all supposed to be like we're all the same in the sense that we all have similar experiences, but like yeah. there is no universal box of things you come with when you're born. Like and like there might be wow. like some overlap of majority, but like yeah, you can't even say like everyone has like Like some people are born with more fingers and toes, you know, like it really, and it's not, and that doesn't make them not a person. And so truly, I love that. It's like we threw in these wild cards. It's like, in general, we understand there's a game here and there's cards, but like in life, you might need to figure out what to do with these things you got. And also you might have things you're never going to use and it's okay.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I love that lesson for life. Like choose to use it, choose your own adventure Mm -hmm. or, you know, just leave it in the box. And that's okay too.
0: Yeah. Good job, America. Wow. I never say that. But this time Uh, this time uh, you heard uh, you did it.
1: uh, (laughs) Wow, that gymnastics routine was tiring.
0: That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Jordan Cowling and Teresa Lee for celebrating my past in bridge and sharing their own, you know, much cooler experiences. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now if you support this show on Patreon.com, because patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the strange role of playing cards in several American wars. And just up front, it is an anti-war pro-weird story episode. You're going to really like it. Visit SIFpod.fun for that bonus show, for a library of more than three dozen other bonus shows, to select topics for the show, vote on topics for the show, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring Playing Cards with us. Here is one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, the history of playing cards moved east to west. Takeaway number two, the standard four playing card suits have only been fully locked in for about 100 years. And takeaway number three, the United States' contribution to the world's playing card deck is the Jokers. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Jordan Cowling is a fantastic podcast producer. She helps Maximum Fun make shows like Fantae and The Flophouse and so much more. You can also hear her guesting all over podcasts, and we'll have lots of Jordan thanks links, including her website, so you can find all that. Teresa Lee's new stand-up comedy album is called We're Still Doing This. It's available for free on Spotify. We'll also have links for you to get it and support the artist. Also links for Teresa's podcast You Can Tell Me Anything and her comedy in general. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article in Atlas Obscura, it's called Playing Cards Around the World and Through the Ages, that is by Dan Nozowitz. A couple great sources, in particular a Mental Floss video by Craig Benzine and an Atlas Obscura article by David Duchin, that's all about the American origins of the Joker, the playing card. And then a great book, which is the revised edition of the Penguin Book of Card Games that is by writer and games historian David Parlett. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. The music video has a bunch of playing cards in it. Fun fact. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then.